this morning. Are you awake? Are you ready to go? Good stuff. All right. When you came in the door, you received a worship folder, hopefully. And if you're visiting with us, uh, in a little while, we're going to take an offering. If I remember, last night I forgot. Um, We're going to take an offering in a little while. If I forget, you start waving stuff at me, all right? And you can drop that guest registry card in the offering just to let us know that you were here. Or you can take it by guest services, which is right out the main doors out here. And um, they've got a little gift for you just to tell you thank you for being with us. Well, appreciate Steve and the team leading worship today. This is like the first time I've ever gotten to sit out there and worship with you guys. And so that was a privilege and a treat this morning. And I'm excited about the opportunity to speak today. Pastor's in uh, Tennessee today, so he's enjoying that southern springtime. And uh, so be praying for him. And uh, we're going to just have an awesome time in God's Word today. A few years ago, my wife and I were sitting in a restaurant, and uh, we were eating the meal and having a great time. You know, back then, it was before we had kids, we didn't know what a special time that was, you know, just the two of us. And uh, we're sitting there eating, and everything's going along great, and, you know, good meal, and it's, it's time to pay the, the tab. And, and um, you know, I reach into my wallet, and I look across the restaurant, and there by the little payment counter, there was a very startling statement. It said, credit cards not accepted. Yeah, yeah, and we're kind of a debit card family myself, you know, we've always had the little Visa debit card, and, and uh, you know, I keep maybe 10 bucks in my wallet, that's about it, so, so don't try to mug me. Um, you know, I, I use the debit card all the time, and so I thought, oh, great, <laughs> now what am I going to do? I mean, I don't like washing dishes, and I, you know, I don't know how to do this, and so I told Jenny, I said, just act like nothing's going on. You just sit here in the booth. I'll be back in a little while. So I uh, ran, ran out to an ATM, you know, got the cash out and came back and paid. But, you know, Visa advertises it's everywhere you want to be, and that's the title of today's, uh, today's message in the faith series. But in that case, it wasn't everywhere I wanted to be. Sometimes Visa can let you down. Uh, there was another time, actually right after we got married, and, and you've got to forgive me because I'm kind of ignorant when it comes to stuff like this, but, you know, I was a college student, just graduated from college. I had you know, no concept of how things work. And what I thought is, what I'll do is I'll prepay on my credit card, like kind of build up a reserve there, because I know my credit limit's a certain amount, and I got this big honeymoon thing I got to pay for. And, and so I decided I'll send them some extra money, you know, and that'll kind of raise my credit limit. That doesn't work. Don't try it. Um, so we're there on our honeymoon, you know, having a great time. And uh, one afternoon, we went to a place to eat, and we're eating spaghetti or something. And and I, you know, paid the ticket, gave them my credit card that I had prepaid everything on. I was so pleased with myself. And they come back and go, oh, sir, your card has been declined. That's a terrible feeling. <laughs> and uh, I went, oh, what do you mean? What do you, I've got all kinds of money on there. Um, and they said, I don't, you know, obviously we don't know your dealings. I just know the card's been declined. And, and um, so I thought, well, I'm in real trouble here. Because in this case, I don't even have an ATM to go to. I'm out of, out of state, you know. And, and uh, for some odd reason, I had my mom's credit card in my wallet. And um, I don't know why I did. So here I am, a married man on my honeymoon. I have to call my mom and go, Mom, <laughs> would it be okay to use your card just this once? I promise to pay it back. And, um, but there again, you know, there was a limit. 
there was a limit to how it was everywhere I wanted to be. You know, they, they said you can be, you'd be anywhere, spend whatever you want, but there was a limit. I found out you can't prepay and increase your limit. Well, I don't know about you, but I'm a very goal-oriented person. When it comes to, comes to this deal about faith that we've been talking about, I'm a goal-oriented person. I'm cool with having faith as long as I know that there's a target and as long as I know I'm going to accomplish something. You know what I'm saying? Like, God says, you're going to do this, and I'm like, that's great. When are we going to get to do it? So he can check it off and go, yep, we're done. Well, you know what? Faith is not a goal-oriented thing. God isn't so much interested about what you accomplish. God is interested in how much faith you have and how much you trust in him. So today we're going to look at a guy that got some amazing things promised to him, but he never really saw the, the, the completion of at least one of these promises. And I think it's going to be helpful for us because the Bible tells us that faith is a journey. It's not necessarily a destination, although today if you are a believer in Jesus Christ, you have a destination in heaven, and that's awesome. But we have this journey between here and there, and that's what we're going to talk about some today. The guy's name was Abram. You might know him as Abraham. We'll deal with that in a minute, but his name was Abram. And he was just living life one day. Everything was going along great. You know, he, I don't know what they were doing back then, probably farming or raising, you know, cattle and and. God suddenly talked to Abram, and he made this amazing promise to a guy who probably wasn't even looking for him. He said, Abram, through you, I'm going to bless the entire world. Now, that's some kind of promise. I mean, that's incredible. He said, this is what I want you to do, though, because God always follows up a promise. He always follows up this this offer to what he wants to do with an opportunity for you to exercise faith. He said, here's what I want you to do. I want you to leave this land that you're so familiar with, where all your stuff is and all your people live and your family, and I want you to leave. Okay? We might say, okay, that's not a big deal. I've, I've moved. How many of you have relocated at least once in your life? Yeah, everybody. <laughs> Seems like just about everybody. Here's the trick, though. God said, I want you to go, but I'm not going to tell you where you're going. That might be a problem. You know, if you rent the U-Haul truck, uh, where are you going, sir? I'm not sure. Just put like unknown there on the destination. <laughs> he said, Abraham, get up and go and into a land that I'm going to show you. And so Abraham said, okay, I'll do it. We see a little bit into Abraham's faith right there. That he, he just said, yeah, you've got it. And so Abram moved on. He took off on this journey. Now, there's a, there's a parallel to some of us in this room. That God at one point in your life spoke to you and asked you to take that very first step of faith. That very first step of faith requires a response on our part. The Bible says that all of us are sinners and that we, we are destined to eternal separation from God in a place called hell. Unless we put our faith in Jesus Christ, unless we respond and say, God, you're the only one who can get me there. I can't get there on my own. Now, if you're in this room and you've already done that first step, there's a lot of other steps that we're going to talk about today that God's got out there in front of you. But, you know, faith is a journey, and it begins the moment you place your entire trust in what God has said about your future.
I first came to faith in, in Jesus Christ when I was in high school. Trusted in him and believed in him. And uh, then I, I got out of high school and I, I got married shortly after high school and, and was kind of going my own way and doing my own thing and, and not really living by faith and trusting him all the way like I should have been. And my marriage began to fall apart. And uh, was actually there that I had to take another step of faith and that was uh, whether I was gonna stay married and the Lord began to convict me about that and, and my wife and I went through some troubles but we ended up staying married and, and uh, the lawyers and everybody involved in that whole situation it was just amazing what God began to do in my life and, and showing me what trusting in Him and stepping out in faith really meant My family had always gone to church and everything, and we just kind of went along with that. Um, one of my best friends decided he was going to um, get saved that day, so I decided I'd get saved with him. We got baptized that afternoon and everything. My girlfriend, now wife, we got into church. And then as we kind of got born to high school and into college age, it just kind of fell off. It became something we didn't make a big priority for for several years. Well, I came to faith in Christ by someone on the train inviting me to church one Sunday. And I went to church that Sunday and the pastor gave the invitation and I went up and I've never been the same. Yes, it's been tough, but I tell you, when you just trust and just have that faith, it says it's, faith is, it's impossible to please God without faith. And you just have to trust in Him. He will take you through. Back in 2005, we decided you know we needed to make a change and we needed to get reattached with Christ and get back in with 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 the church and, and start feeding ourselves spiritually again and tried a few churches and ended up at Messiah we found ourselves coming back every week from then on and then it became part of a routine that if we didn't go we knew we missed it and we've been coming ever since so your faith journey begins the moment you place your faith in Christ you know, it's not just like you get saved and suddenly everything is wonderful and easy and, you know, and we go through life and it's just this big fluffy cloud thing and, and uh, you know, we put it on autopilot and just kind of check out. God says that he's got something big for us. That's what this whole faith series is about, this journey called faith. And this was true in Abram's life. In fact, Abram went ahead and picked up and moved. You know, he's headed out now. He's, he's going to look for this, to this place that God has told him he's, that he's going to go to. And when he gets there, God says, Hey, I'm going to give you all of this land that you can see. All of the land around here is going to be yours. Now, that was a really nice promise, and that's, you know, that's an awesome thing. I'm sure Abraham thought, Wow, that's, you know, wow, what an amazing God. God is so faithful, and, and I can hardly wait for that to happen. But you know what? It wasn't his yet. In fact, I find it really interesting that Abraham basically spends his entire life living in somebody else's yard. I mean, he does. He, he moves in, and the Bible talks about he sets up his tent, you know, and it says, and that was the land of the Canaanites, or this was so-and-so's property, and he pitched his tent over by the oak tree on so-and-so's property, you know, and and uh, so he's just always hanging out on somebody else's land. And so imagine what that promise must have seemed like to Abram. 
Because God said, I'm going to give you all this land. And Abraham's thinking, okay, where's the deed? Let's get it, let's get it signed and passed on to me here so I can uh, you know, start tilling some ground and making some progress. And God said, no, it's coming. It's coming. I'm going to one day give this whole thing to you and your descendants. Well, he also made another incredible promise. He said, Abram, through you, I'm going to bless all the nations. I'm going to give you so many descendants that you can't even count them. Well, that would have been awesome. I mean, Abraham probably got real excited. You know, I'm sure that was an incredible promise to him. There was one small problem there, too, though. He didn't have any kids. Now, you might think, okay, big deal. He doesn't have any kids. You know, he's going to go get some kids, right? Here's the, here's the amazing part. Abraham was almost 100 years old by this time, okay? Things are looking kind of bleak, and his wife is almost 90. But listen to this. This is what, what God said about Abram. In Romans chapter 4, so this is later on, God kind of is giving us a summary, and analysis of what Abram did. He said, even when there was no reason for hope, Abraham kept hoping, believing that he would become the father of many nations. For God had said to him, that's how many descendants you will have. And Abraham's faith did not weaken. Even though at about 100 years of age, he figured his body was as good as dead, and so was Sarah's womb. That's God's summary of that whole story, that Abram believed even though it seemed improbable. God is going to call on you in your life to be a part of something improbable or impossible. There's a next step that he wants you to take in your faith journey. So what are you going to do with that next step? I went to work at Boeing a few years back, and I knew that God wanted me to do something more for him and go other places and do other things. But it was one of those things where I didn't know the timing and I didn't know what I was supposed to do. So I was just kind of living one day at a time and, and trying to witness it uh, to people at Boeing and uh, people around me. And was just basically kind of living a, I don't know, maybe a sedentary Christian life. I'm taking algebra. Finally, I'm being obedient to the will of the Lord and I'm going back to school to finish up my nursing and it's going to take me three and a half years but I know through faith I can do it. <laughs> While I was working at Boeing the Lord began to speak to me and, and I had always told him I'll go where you want me to go and do what you want me to do anytime. Well that wasn't exactly true. I was having troubles with doing that uh, and stepping out in faith and, and following what he wanted me to do. Well. Finally, one morning at Boeing, I just decided I'm, I can't do this any longer. They don't give me enough time off, and I don't have enough vacation and stuff to do what I feel like the Lord wants me to do. So I left Boeing and uh, stepped out in faith again to just trust God for my finances and where He was going to take me. From that point on, God has taken me around the world. I've been to Africa, I've been to Armenia, been to Mexico, uh, youth camps, downtown St. Louis and different places sharing the gospel with people in, in Wichita. Well, I really do believe my purpose here is just to help other people, people that are sick. It's just such of an opportunity to share the gospel, just even going in the nursing homes and seeing people that are so sickly, I really do believe that's where I need to be. And I'm just so thankful because that is a calling. That's not something that you can just do. It has to be a calling from the Lord. 
Uh, actually, tomorrow morning I'm leaving for Huntsville, Texas, and we'll be serving in uh, leading people to the Lord in uh, prisons in Huntsville tomorrow or Friday morning or Friday, all day Friday and all day Saturday. At college, I, I explored a lot of things. I took some Bible classes at, at college and wasn't at a Christian college, so you, you, of course you're getting that secular slant on it. And you know, the first time people start asking serious questions about your faith, it kind of took me back and, wow, what is my faith? Um, so I, I explored that, and for a while I really took it from a very secular standpoint of, you know, the Bible is something that some guy wrote, probably not the guy we think it was, probably some other guy who just wrote what somebody else had told him and somebody else had told him. And then going, you know, and, and then getting reconnected via Messiah and getting back into church, and you start to reconnect with the fact that whether whoever wrote it may be irrelevant, the fact is God spoke to that person and that it's not the writings of Matthew and it's not the writings of Luke, it's the writings of God speaking through Matthew and speaking through Luke and that the truth comes out in, in God's word, not in Luke's word. And coming at it, you know, getting reattached and coming at it from that angle, then your faith starts picking up again. So God calls us to all different things on this faith journey. You know, it's not as simple as, okay, God wants me to do this, so God must want you to do this and the other person to do this. God has a specific task or a specific opportunity for you to exercise faith in your own life, and that's going to look different for each of us in this place. The question is, are you ready to take that next step? Are you ready to go ahead and venture out into that? Well, I don't know if you've, if you've gotten to that point or not. If you've taken that step through the door of that opportunity, sometimes what happens is things don't happen quite the way that we had expected them to. We step out and we kind of go, all right, go ahead and go, God. Where's, where's the easy button here? You know, let's make this thing happen. Let's make this thing get going because I've got faith, God. Don't you see? I've got faith and man, we're ready to move and let's get this thing fixed. And, and God says, hey, I'm, I've told you, I've called you. I'm faithful. I'm going to work. But, you know, I'm not on the same calendar you're on. I'm not on the same daylight savings time insanity that you're on. And uh, how many of you that totally threw you this weekend? Of course, the ones that it totally threw aren't sitting out there right now, right? And they're just now getting up going, I think I'll be on time to church. Um, <laughs> um, but God, you know, he, he's not on our timetable. He's on his own timetable, and he's got it all worked out. Well, Abram and Sarah did what so many of us do in this scenario. Things aren't going like we want them to, so what do we do? We make stuff happen. We're going to make it happen. I mean, come on, it's time for this to... Bible says, or God tells us that we're going to have descendants, we're going to have children and all this, so Sarah, you can't really have a, a child, so let's get a plan here. Now, I'm not a smart guy by any stretch of the imagination, but the plan they came up with has all kinds of red flags all over it, Okay. Here's the plan they came up with. They said, Sarah's got a servant, and she's younger. She can have kids, and this was kind of the culture back then. You know, they could kind of do the, you know, having kids with servants and all of this sort of thing. And they said, why don't we do that? And that will be the, the child that God blesses, and all these descendants will come from, and, and we'll help God out. Like I said, I'm not a smart guy, but that wasn't a very smart plan, all right? I can identify that. But, you know, sometimes we do crazy stuff like that, too. We, we're in such a, we, we want to do what's right, the motive is right, but we kind of just step out in front of God and we try to make something happen. You know, we're, that, we're the country that we are, you know, 
We're independent, we're strong, we're ready to be entrepreneurial and step out there and get something done. And God comes to Abram after this whole situation and says, you know, that's not, that's not what I meant. What I meant is I'm going to give you and Sarah a son. And that's the son that I'm going to bless. I'll, I'll take care of this other son for you, but this is, the, this is what's going to happen. You and Sarah are going to have a son. And to kind of underscore the importance of this statement, God changed their name. Now, Pastor preached a whole awesome series on this back last fall uh, in our series called Shift about when God changes your name. So I don't even want to try to get into all that because Pastor did just such an incredible job on it. But basically names in the Old Testament, in, the, in this time of the Bible that we're talking about, weren't just like a tag that you put on a, your hello, my name is, you know. Um, what it meant is it's a description of who you are. It meant it, is, it's a, it was a description of maybe the situation into which you were born or what, you were, what the hopes were of your parents that you would do. And so Abram, his name was changed to Abraham, which, becomes, which means the father of many. Um, the, the, Abram meant father, exalted father. Abraham means the father of many or the multitudes. And so God was just saying, no, look, I really am going to do this. And God changed Sarai's name to Sarah and pastor went over that in the, in the shift series. But it was just to underscore, I am going to give you guys a son. I'm going to do this my way. And that's what God wants to do in our life. In faith, he gives you an opportunity. He says, this is what I want you to do. And I want you to do it my way. Now, when God gives you that improbable or impossible promise or asks you to do something, a lot of times we kind of step back and go, I don't know about that. I mean, that sounds kind of far-fetched. And you know, that's exactly what Abraham and Sarah did. This is great. This is really great. When, when Abraham got this promise, the Bible says he laughed within himself. Okay? I don't think that's like, ha-ha, good one. It was more like, yeah, right. <laughs> and the Bible also tells us that later on, God came and visited Abraham. Actually, God came in the flesh. This is an amazing story if you want to read it. Three guys came, and one of them, the Bible says, is God himself. And he's talking to Abraham, and he's telling him, hey, Sarah is going to have a son. And Sarah was like off somewhere, like in, within earshot, you know, working on some bread. And, and she's trying to make the dinner for these guys. And, and the Bible says when she heard that, she laughed. <laughs> I just, she probably doubled over laughing. I don't know. But she was just like, yeah, right. Well, here's, this is great. I love this. Look at Genesis chapter 17. Because God says, you're going to have a son. You're going to have a son. And I've got a specific name for him. Look at verse 19 of chapter 17 in Genesis. It says, but God replied, no, Sarah, your wife, will give birth to a son for you. You will name him Isaac. Now, we go, okay, that's, that's a nice name. I like the name Isaac. Well, you know what Isaac means? This is, this is awesome. Isaac means he laughs or laughter. Isn't that great? Wouldn't you like to be named laughter? I mean, that would be so cool. Uh, probably the class clown when he got into school, don't you think? Uh, but God said, you're going to name him laughter. You laughed. Sarah laughed. Apparently, this is going to be a laughing kid. You know, this is just going to be a good scenario. I think what God's trying to tell us here is... It's okay to, for your first reaction when God gives you this call to go, yeah, right. He, he's not offended by that. He doesn't go, oh, forget it then. Verily, you're crossed out, you know? 
He doesn't do that. He, he kind of goes, maybe even God was chuckling a little bit. I mean, you know, God's got a sense of humor. He'd probably like, yeah, watch this. This is going to be really funny. And he said, we're going to name him He Laughs or Laughter. And I love that because you know what? God's going to give stuff into our life that we're going to question. We're going to doubt. We're going to laugh. We're going to shake our heads at. And God's okay with that. But what do we do? How do we wrestle with? How do we sort out when we're not sure? God, is this idea really from you? How am I going to move forward from here? Let's see what some of our folks in our video have to say about that. If I'm really afraid of stepping out, fear doesn't come from the Lord. And I've have uh, come to the point where I know that if I'm afraid of something, it's usually a fear or the doubt that Satan's put in my mind. And I've been so blessed when I step on beyond that fear and go ahead and, and do what I feel like the Lord's calling me to do. Well, the first thing I keep doing, Lord, do you really want me to do this? <laughs> That's one of my biggest struggles, just, you know, because you don't know, and especially when you know you're so incapable and God calls you to do something that you know only He can give you the strength to go through it, that's when you know it's from God. And sometimes it's hard to determine uh, what the Lord's calling you to do, but if you have an inkling or if you have this feeling even, just go ahead and take steps towards that and watch what Christ does in the meantime. God came through on his promise to Abraham and Sarah, and they had a son. They named him Isaac, hey, and I'm sure their house was full of laughter. You know, that, that's a, probably such a refreshing time in the life of Abraham and Sarah because they had gone, gone, and gone, and gone, and God had promised all this stuff. You know, he said, I'm going to give you this land. I'm going to give you a descendants. I'm going to give you a child, and they had nothing at that point. And I'm sure their heart was pained. And now into all of that, God gives them a child, just as he promised. Now, they're still living on somebody else's land. They don't have their own land yet, uh, but they've got a child. And things are, are going well. This child starts growing. He's probably a teenager. And I'm sure that, that it began to be clear to Abraham how God was going to work all this out. You know, you're going to experience stuff like that in your faith journey as well. You're going to experience moments where when you step out in faith, things are going to feel so clear. And you're going to say, wow, that's how God's going to do this. That's incredible. Thank you, God, for working. And that's wonderful. I think God gives us just those little glimpses just to remind us, hey, I've got all this under control. You really can do this through faith. And then God gives Abraham a real chance to test his faith. And most likely in your faith journey, you're going to have a chance for your faith to be tested. Let's look at what happens in Genesis chapter 22. Unbelievable story. Sometime later, God tested Abraham's faith. Abraham, God called. Yes, he replied, here I am. Take your son, your only son, yes, Isaac, whom you love so much, and go to the land of Moriah. Go and sacrifice him as a burnt offering on one of the mountains, which I will show you. Can you imagine what was going through Abraham's mind? This was the, I mean, this goes beyond just your prized child and the, and the pain of being a parent and asking to sacrifice your own child, which is unthinkable. We're talking here about the death of a dream, the death of the very promise that God had given. 
you're going to experience something like that in your faith journey. You're going to experience what seems to you to be a crushing defeat. Dead end road. No hope. It may even seem like God's asking you to sacrifice that dream. You know why God does that? He wants to see if our faith is in the fulfillment of the promise or if our faith is in the giver of that promise. That's really what it's all about. Well, I think we're going to see why Abraham lands in the hall of faith later in the Bible. Because listen to his response. Look at verse 3. I love this. It's, it's so understated, and yet it says volumes. Verse 3. The next morning, Abraham got up early. He saddled his donkey and took two of his servants with him, along with his son Isaac. Abraham responded in faith, in obedience. He didn't understand why. You don't see him having this long dialogue with God. Um, God, why? Why are you doing this to me? This is unfair. He just says the next morning, he got up, saddled his donkey, and went. Let me keep reading. Then he chopped wood for a fire for a burnt offering, and he set out for the place God had told him about. On the third day of their journey, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. Stay here with the donkey, Abraham told the servants. The boy and I will travel a little farther. Now we're going to see another glimpse into Abraham's faith. This is incredible. Look what he says. We will worship there. Read the next part with me. And then we will come right back. Who? And then we. Well, that's an odd thing to say. You wonder if Abraham's got like a trick up his sleeve. You know, he's like, I'm, I'm going to trick God into thinking that I sacrificed him. I'll like do this sleight of hand deal and woo, we'll be back. You know, God will be happy. No. And it's incredible. He had such faith that he said, this is what God has promised. So whatever you ask me to do, God, I'm going to do it because that, I totally trust you. But I also know that you're bigger than anything I can ever figure out or reason out and, and try to, to plan. So check this out. Read the rest of the story. So Abraham placed the wood for the burnt offering on Isaac's shoulders while he himself carried the fire and the knife. As the two of them walked on together, Isaac turned to Abraham and said, Father, yes, my son, Abraham replied. We have the fire and the wood, the boy said. But where is the sheep for the burnt offering? God will provide a sheep for the burnt offering, my son, Abraham answered, and they both walked on together. When they arrived at the place where God had told him to go, Abraham built an altar and arranged the wood on it. Then he tied his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood, and Abraham picked up the knife to kill his son as a sacrifice. Can you imagine? No tricks, no games, no hoping for a rescue. He simply said, this is what I'm going to do. At that moment, the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven. Abraham, Abraham. Yes, Abraham replied, here I am. Don't lay a hand on the boy. The angel said, do not hurt him in any way. For now I know that you truly fear God. You have not withheld from me even your son, your only son. The Bible says that Abraham looked up and there was a sheep caught in the thicket. It becomes a picture of Jesus Christ sacrificing his own life when we were on the altar doomed to death. Listen to this. God summarizes this story later in Hebrews 11. And I love this. Let's take a look at it real quick together. 
Verse 17, it was by faith that Abraham offered Isaac as a sacrifice when God was testing him. Abraham, who had received God's promises, was ready to sacrifice his only son Isaac, even though God had told him, Isaac is the son through whom your descendants will be counted. Abraham reasoned that if, let's stop there for a second. A lot of times we think about faith as like this mindless exercise, you know, that, oh, well, everything will be good and yeah, all right, whatever's going to happen. That's not what the Bible says right here. The Bible says that Abraham reasoned. In other words, he thought this through. And he said, if God has called this, he's called me to do this, and he has promised this, then God's the one who's got to make all the pieces fall into place. He's the one who's got to figure this out. I sure don't get it. He's asked me to sacrifice my dream, the promise himself. I don't get it, but I believe. Listen to this. Abraham reasoned that if Isaac died... God was able to bring him back to life again. Isn't that incredible? Abraham had such faith in the giver of the promise that he said, even though I don't understand what I'm asked to do, I'm going to do it because, God, you can figure the rest out. You can figure it out. That's amazing. I want you to see just the last little clip that we've got here of the folks in our story here today, today, because I want you to think about your own situation while we're watching this. And I want you to, to ask yourself, what is this next step that God wants me to take? Let's watch. What keeps me going is like I tell my kids, don't give up. <laughs> Hang in there. Yes, it gets tough. Like I'm just coming off from work and I'm here until 945 tonight. <laughs> and I would just like to go home and go to sleep. But I know I have to do it. And, you know, God, this, I really do believe God has given me another chance. So I have to hang in there. It's tough. So you guys keep praying for me. <laughs> yeah, I remember the time when uh, actually it was the very first missions trip that I ever took. Uh, it was a scouting trip for a missionary that was going to maybe move to Africa. And I really felt like the Lord wanted me to go. And this was shortly after I'd left Boring. And I didn't have any money. And I was just working odd jobs and part-time jobs. And, and actually, the, it's like these cattle. The Lord opened these jobs up for me with Christian people and different ones that are understanding of me just saying, well, I'm going to be gone. But this trip to Africa, I was... Uh, Man, I was afraid of that whole thing. I didn't have any money. Plane fare was $1,800. And uh, it was very interesting because Jim Dinsmore, who's now one of our missionaries sent out by our church, he found out that I was interested in going. And he came up and talked to me one Sunday morning, and he says, "Uh, so why aren't you going? I said, well, I don't have the money. Man, did he throw something back in my face. He says, you're the one that's always told me the Lord owns the cattle on a thousand hills. All you got to do is sell one of them. And there's your money. And now you're not trusting him to sell that cow. And I'm like, oh, man. I don't, yeah, but you, but you don't understand. I got a family. I've got, you know, I've got bills coming in and all of these issues. And I'm supposed to expect the Lord to just sell one of his cows and give me the money. You know, <laughs> and yet that's what I had been telling him. And here's this crisis of, of, in my life of actually applying what I've been telling these kids that God will do. And it was so awesome because he did. When my husband passed away three years ago, I knew it was faith that kept me going. And then my mom passing about two weeks ago, I know that's faith that kept me going through that too. And it's just amazing, the faith that comes from God. You you know it's from Him. It's not self, but it's from God. 
faith means that when things don't go by my plan, that it's not by my plan, it's by God's plan. On that faith journey, where are you on that faith journey? Are you waiting to hear from God in that first call to take that first step of faith? The Bible tells us that God is interested in every single person coming to him and placing their trust in him so that they know they have eternal life. So if you're you're in here today and you've never done that, I just want to encourage you that today God is speaking to you and he's calling you just like he called Abram. And he's saying, would you simply respond to me in faith? Bible tells us that we're all sinners. We can't get to God on our own. We can't clean ourselves up and God somehow goes, okay, yeah, you're good enough now. Bible says we can't get to him at all. That we have sin in our life, we deserve eternal separation from God. But here's the deal. God sent his own son, Jesus Christ, who was perfect. He sacrificed his own son. Just what he asked Abraham to do. Isn't that amazing? He sacrificed his own son who was sinless, paid the penalty for the sin of you and me. And that's what gives us access to God. And he simply asks us to trust that he is the way to God and the way to heaven. So if you're in in here today and you have not started that faith journey, today is that day. Today is your opportunity. Maybe you've already placed your faith in Jesus Christ and and maybe you kind of had that concept that you're on autopilot and there's no big steps for you. But you know what? God always has a next step in your life. I can't tell you what that next step is. God can tell you what that next step is. He tells us through his word. He tells us communicating to us through prayer, sometimes through the people around us. God communicates to us what that next step is. No one is finished on this journey. You're going to go through a, a part of your journey that maybe feels like your dream has died, and some of you may be there right now. You may feel like God has given you a vision of what he wants to do in your life, and it's dead. In any, in any of those situations, I want to encourage you today to keep your faith, your confidence in the giver of those promises and not in the fulfillment of that promise. There is a difference. Would you bow your heads for just a moment? If you're here today and you say, I want to start that faith journey, I want to give you that opportunity right now. It's very simple. The Bible simply says we place our faith in Jesus. That's, there's no magic words. There's no magic uh, formula. It's simply a placing of your confidence, your trust in Jesus to get you to God instead of you trying to get to God on your own by being a good person or trying to work it out because the Bible says we can't get there on our own. So you can just tell God something like this and you can just say this in your heart. These aren't magic words. This is just something you can tell God. Say, God, I know I'm a sinner. I realize I cannot get to you on my own. I need to be forgiven for my sin. I believe that Jesus died for me and that he's the one who can get me to heaven. So today I place my whole trust, my whole confidence, my whole faith in him. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name I pray. Would you just look up here at me today? If you're struggling with something on your faith journey, I hope today is a a helpful thing for you. If you accepted Christ today, would you let us know that on your guest registry card? Just a moment, you can drop it in the offering plate. Ushers, you guys go ahead and come on forward and get ready for that right now. You could just drop it in the offering plate. We'd love to send you some material just to let you know what you need to do in that faith walk about getting in in connection with God and studying his word and how to, to take those next steps. It's an exciting thing. We're so glad that you've chosen to be with us today. We hope it's been an encouragement to you.